what is that called again when people go to visit the litters and they just let the puppies run like all over you there's like a term for that Ooh. too i remember like ronan when it's like it's like puppy heaven? parade is or it like... called heaven <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, we've finally done it. A podcast about doggos. (laughs) We've been talking about it for like a month. Yes, we have. So here we are. My name's Heidi. And my name is Vero. We're from Ottawa, Canada. And this is episode one of Let's Boop Snoots. And we are recording remotely. As to socially distance during these uncertain times. So why are we doing this, Vero? Why, like, why have we just started doing this true as both dog lovers Mm -hmm. um I think it just makes sense absolutely now we're both enthusiasts I wouldn't call myself an expert just yet but I'm hoping that during these the series of what we're about to do that we'll learn a whole lot more about all things dogs and trainings and equipment and all things available to us and maybe get some some experts, like some trainers on the podcast that can help us out and give out some good information. Absolutely. So what does Let's Boop Snoots, where did this come from? Where did the mm. name come from? So Vero approached me and asked me if I'd like to do a podcast about dogs. And we are both dog owners and both dog en- enthusiasts. So of course I said yes. And um, when we were coming up with the name, uh, there was quite a few that were on the list, but this one seemed to make the most sense to us. So boop, boop snoots. If anybody who's a dog owner knows what boop the snoot means, it's when you gently or quickly touch just the nose of the dog. And it's just a little sort of like action of endearment, um, which is sort of the relationship we want with our audience as well as ourselves. But also we figured we would try to spin a new meaning on it, meaning like, let's talk about it. We're going to talk about all things dogs, everything about having to do with dogs, our dogs, your dogs, what to do with them. Why do we get them? Their behaviors, their training, everything. So let's boop snoots. That's where it came from. So let's talk about it. And you might be wondering why a podcast about dogs. It's really why not a podcast about dogs. As a previous dog owner, dog lover, and future dog owner again, there's always something to learn. And I think by having a podcast about dogs, I think we'll be able to learn new things about dogs like training, uh, breeds, so really anything about dogs. And, and and same, yeah, just being dog enthusiasts and uh, what to know about them. There was a lot that I didn't know until I got both of my dogs. And uh, there's a whole array of subjects that we'll be touching yes. on on our podcast. <laughs> so you've decided that you want a dog. How to choose a dog now? Like how to choose a breed uh, that will fit your lifestyle. According to the Canadian Kennel Club, there's 175 breeds out there. So there's a lot to choose from if you want, of course, like a purebred. And then there's a lot of other dogs that are just mixed. So yeah, so you want to choose a breed that'll fit your lifestyle, uh, the size that you want, the coat, uh, the purpose. So if you want a dog for protective purposes or retrieving and what type of temperament you're looking for, um, those are all things that you need to take into consideration. And also what type of relationship do you want with your dog? That's something to take into account. I was just reading that the CKC, the Canadian 
Canadian Kennel Club has events year-round. You can find out on the CKC calendar when and where. And you can actually attend where you can ask questions uh, to breeders about their breed and um, any good breeder will be asked, will be happy to answer any of your questions. And uh, shopping for a breeder can be a tricky thing just on, on while we're touching on that, because there's uh, again, it's about your, your own personal choice. Your so the, the vibes you get from these people. And that's another thing I didn't really realize uh, when go, deciding to go with the breeder, when we were getting our dog, but we'll, we'll touch upon that later. I don't know if you heard about this scam, this BC, this lady from British Columbia lately, who's been posting herself as a breeder with like an actual breeder's name and has been collecting money from people. So you got to watch out for those people too. Oof. So reputable breeders will also be registered with the Canadian uh, Kennel Club as well. So that's a, Yeah. So that's breeders a have to register. To Definitely. Um, they need to register their purebred dogs um, and adhere to a code of ethics and a code of practice in order to breed their dogs. And when you do get your puppy from them, your puppy should also be registered. Yas mm -hmm. to the puppy registration. All right. Have you got anything else to touch upon there, Barrow? Yeah, definitely. So if you're looking to get a puppy from a breeder, um, so yeah, you want to make sure that they're registered with the CKC, the Canadian Kennel Club. They have all their health clearances, so certified hips, elbows, heart and eyes, and DNA tested. And you can always ask for health records. Any good breeder will be happy to share those with you. You can usually see the pedigree online or you can ask for them. Sometimes it's good that the two parents have shown aptitude for confirmation and obedience or feel because you know that those genes are passed down to your dog. And when you take your puppy home, it's the Canadian law that your puppy is microchip or tattooed. Hmm. And yeah, all things to look for. A lot of things to look for. An another thing that I'll just say really quickly there, it's, it's uh, you know, like you said, you, you never really know what's fake news or not online these days. So you can look at a breeder online and they, they advertise as being a breeder. They put all these things down and, and then you go to visit them and then you get a sketchy feeling from them. Yeah. Again, so I'm in I the process of... Of finding um, a good breeder to get a, a, a puppy. And I've looked at three. Two seem like reputable breeders. And one I just got like a really weird vibe from. There's just not a lot of good reviews about this breeder online. Yeah, I, apparently his dogs are not registered with the CKC, although he says they are. And... Yeah, just I really think, not good reviews. Yeah, I think in, in talking with them too, you can you get a vibe, you know, like some of them are about the money and they talk a lot about the money. A lot of them talk about, you know, where their dogs came from, the parents and this, and they brag on and on about it. But when mm -hmm. you, it's, I, I think it's important to go and visit because when you visit, you see the environment that they're keeping their dogs in. You get to see how these people are treating their animals. And then you get a feel for the animals too. Like, are these actually like good dogs, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think when you're getting a puppy, and this is my experience, and it sounds like it will be my experience uh, with the future puppy, depending on which breeder I'm going to go with, you get to visit the litter after mm -hmm. like five, six weeks. And that will give you the opportunity to look at the facility, um, like where they're located, if it's like a clean facility. Um, and you can ask to see the mom and the dad, like the mom should be on site. The dad might not be, but you can definitely ask to see. 
what is that called again when people go to visit the litters and they just let the puppies run like all over you there's like a term for that Ooh. too I remember like Ronan when it's like it's like puppy heaven parade is it called like- heaven <laughs> <laughs> it is for me it was when I went I still have videos from from going to our breeder that we chose oh. all right anything else to talk about breeders there not for now yeah, yeah, I think I've so, covered like the basic things yeah. to look for if you're looking for getting a puppy from a breeder. Yes. So again, once once you choose, like I think the the main two choices for people these days is: are you going to go with with a breeder, a purebred dog? And there's definitely the advantages to that. There's also a lot of people rescuing these days, and like we've all scrolled through the the various social media sites and watched the uh, heart wrenching videos of these sad looking dogs abandoned mm-hmm. in various places and sort of like their story and their journey and even even me personally if, um you know when thinking about getting my next dog i am on the fence so i've done both i've done both rescue and i've done both uh purebred dogs and um i'm not sh- really sure to go with next but anyways vero touched upon the breeders uh, aspect of things and um I'll just touch briefly upon the rescue. So I think no matter what city that you're living in, there are a variety of of different uh, foster programs and rescue sites and stuff like this. And of course, there's SPCAs and humane societies for for pets. By the way, I'm not sure if uh, all of you guys know this, but we've got a special guest bear with us today. So if you hear yes, <laughs> some scritches. if you hear some some barking, yes. some. Forking some boopada snoot. <laughs> That's a little this, bear. Yeah, little bear. He's so cute. Look He's at him. Very, very it's like cute. he knows we're talking about him. Yeah, we'll have to definitely post a pic for on our Twitter page and our Insta account. Yes. Anyways, back to the humane society and rescuing processes. So most of them seem to be the same. So I can remember. A long time ago when I was just a little kid and I would spend my summers um, at the park that was in our neighborhood, which just happened to be right next to the Humane Society in our city. And um, my sister and I would go down like clockwork every single day. We would swim and whenever we'd get bored, we would go into the Humane Society because at that time, which uh, I won't, I'll try not to completely disclose my age here, but back in the 80s, you could literally walk into the place and open up any cage you wanted, touch any animal you wanted to pick up kittens, pick up cats, pot cats, or they had some dog cages and any of the aggressive ones or ones that were sick or whatever, they would just put a lock on the cage. So, um, like I said, I, I did a rescue for our, the first dog that we got. And, um, I went back to the humane society. I hadn't been there since, you know, the age of like, you know, seven to (laughs) 12 years old. And I thought I was going to waltz in there, be like that one, please. And leave with a dog right away. So, um, my husband and I, went in and we were like oh there's this dog that we're interested in and they asked us to fill out an application process so you are definitely going to find this no matter which foster rescue program SPCA you go with there will be an application for sure you it asks you most of them uh, about your household and 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 sort of your general lifestyle and that sort of thing and then only if you are a match to that dog will they let you view the animal so 
I, I spoke to the Humane Society about this because I was sort of like flabbergasted at how, how different the process was throughout the years. And I sort of asked why, and I never did get an answer about why they changed their process, but there are a variety of reasons why they're a bit more particular um, about just coming to see the animals. So number one, if when you have like a complete free access to these animals from the public, um, there's obviously liability issues. If something bites you or whatever, I'm sure they, they, they get into have their issues there. Uh, another thing is uh, it's very stressful for the animals and especially for dogs. And so that's what we're speaking to more in particular it's very excitable for them. So they're, they're nervous. They, they could be excited. And um, what one of the contacts that the Humane Society told us is amongst the variety of reasons is that, so you get a bunch of people in now this dog is excited. He's got the zoomies running around the cage, like nuts, barking, jumping. And the next person who could potentially be the perfect owner for them now takes a look in the cage and goes, Whoa, that dog's crazy and on to the next and they just keep on moving. So it's another um, reason why they changed the process up, but uh, you'll notice that. So for most organizations, it will be an application uh, followed by a visit to see how you interact with the animal and how the animal interacts with you. And then uh, usually by a third visit where they come to look at your house, the Humane Society won't won't do that but a lot of the rescue organizations will and then if it, it is a match then um the adoption occurs yes and i think those dogs are bounced around a lot these rescue dogs so family takes them they take them in and then they return them because it's not what they expected and they want to make sure they go to a family um, that will take care of them for the rest of their lives absolutely and uh, that was another thing that um that was mentioned just as a side note, during this whole COVID-19 thing, I sort of, while I had this um, uh, contact on the phone from the Humane Society, I was curious because the first thing I thought when COVID hit and everybody was like, oh, now's the perfect time to get a dog. Now's the perfect time to get a dog. And there's people out there. And I had friends who were initially looking for one. And Vero, you too, I think. Mm -hmm. it, it was difficult to find animals during this. And people were just rescuing and getting them up. And um, it it worries me from a dog as a dog enthusiast because i'm thinking down the line or even now when people start to return to normal it's not an accurate snapshot of what these people's lifestyles are right not everybody works from home not everybody is walking their dog you know four or five six times a day so now these people return to work it's completely changed the lifestyle of the dog and you're gonna start getting behavioral issues and stuff so I asked the Humane Society um, uh, contact on the phone if she was expecting to get a lot of uh, surrenders and, and stuff at the Humane Society post-COVID and it was interesting because and I'm not sure what other cities did but again right here in ours they they stopped all adoptions as soon as COVID hit so people were still able to fill out their applications they were still able to once things started to reopen again come in and and visit the uh different animals at their facility but they did actually stop the adoption process which I thought was smart but you know and I think some yeah sorry I think if you go on the Humane Society website and you look at the dog section, like the, the dogs that are up for adoption, uh, there are no dogs. Mm -hmm. So maybe they've taken all the, all the dogs off. The profiles yeah. off yeah. for now. It's just mm -hmm. so not as, as to not tempt people. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That is very true. 
So I think next we were going to just talk about our own uh, personal when we first got our own dogs. So um, again, my my first dog that I ever owned, his name was Officer Scraps. <laughs> he was a, a Beagle Border Collie <laughs> mix. Um, my husband and I on our uh, anniversary on our honeymoon, uh, sorry, our honeymoon, we went uh, dog sledding out in Alberta. I said to him, can we please get a dog? And his immediate answer was yes much to my shock and surprise and excitement so as soon as we returned from our honeymoon we started looking for dogs and when i when we were talking about it on our honeymoon i I said what kind of dog did you want and he grew up with a border collie so he said a border collie and i said well i kind of wanted a beagle just because i like the the look of them again like we'll we'll touch more on this in like other episodes (laughs) sometimes like you on how to choose a breed yes (laughs) yes and uh um so when when we returned from our honeymoon i um checked out the humane society website and there was a beagle border collie mix i mean what are the chances people so (laughs) it was just sort of a sign and meant to be so uh we went to uh meet scraps he was one year old at the time they said he'd come from a breeder but i don't know anybody who breeds uh border collie beagle mixes and when we read his profile it was kind of sketchy too like it said he was crate trained for um, for up to 22 hours and I was like who the hell is leaving a dog in a crate for 22 hours yeah so it said he was afraid of basements yes which which was true (laughs) and I'm thinking the crate was probably in the basement because that was the one place that scraps would not follow us was into the basement but anyways I can remember again I was a cat owner up until that point in my life and I can remember um bringing scraps home from the humane society so we filled out the application process uh, the application at the humane society uh at the time my husband's brother was living with us and so again I was fully expecting to walk out of the humane society with my brand new brand new owner of a beagle border collie and um they noticed that there was a third person living with us so they would not give us scraps until Matt's brother came down to the Humane Society to meet him as well. So that was uh, disappointing to me. But again, I understand have, knowing more about dogs and behavior and this sort of thing. I, I understand it now. So um, Matt's brother came back with us. He met the dog. All was fine. And um, here we brought home this dog. And I just I can remember completely freaking out because I, I, <laughs> I had n- not a clue what to do with this thing when he came into her house and I I was a bit of a neat freak at the time and I was like oh my god he's gonna pee everywhere he's gonna have accidents like what have I done and um (laughs) luckily my my husband had some experience and we we scraps was a was a great great dog and that that was my first experience with a dog it's funny that your first experience with a dog his name is officer scraps and my first dog was Chief Wiggum. <laughs> Both Simpsons characters, people. Officer Scraps was like a, he was a very uh, brief cameo in one of the episodes uh, where uh, <laughs> Chief Wiggum said, go get him, Officer Scraps. And it, like looking for somebody out in the ocean and he just swims off into the sunset and you never see him again. <laughs> but yes, go Aww. ahead, Beryl. I know. <laughs> I've always been a dog person, except for when I was really young. I used to be terrified of dogs. Like if I went to a friend's house and they had dogs, they had to lock them up in a room while I was there because I was just terrified. And now I've grown into this person that just wants to pet 
all of the dogs. So yeah. as soon as I was done university, started working, I wanted a dog and I wanted a Labrador retriever just because of their temperament, the kind of lifestyle that I had. I thought it was going to be a perfect fit. And I wanted a puppy because I wanted to do that whole, you know, like bring a puppy home process. You kind of have a clean slate, train them, do obedience classes. So I just wanted to do all of that. And I found a good breeder near Ottawa, which is where we live. And so I went through like the whole process, like health clearances. I made sure I looked at the dog's pedigrees. We got to greet the puppy, like the litter at five weeks. And then the breeder, depending on what kind of temperament we were looking for, matched you with the dog that they thought was the best fit. When I picked up the dog, they would scan the microchip to make sure they had the right dog and then brought my puppy home. What I didn't know, which was kind of fun, was when you get a dog from a breeder. So the breeder has a name. So the Labrador Retriever breeder that I got Wiggum from uh, is Moose Lake. Moose Lake Labrador Retrievers. So when you pick your name, all the CKC registered puppies are Moose Lakes something something Wiggum. So you get to pick that something something that's in between Moose Lake and your dog's name. So I picked Moose Lake's Runnin' and Gunnin' Wiggum. And anybody <laughs> who knew Wiggum, Wiggum was the total opposite of that. He was more like Moose Lake's farting and snoozing Wiggum. <laughs> or so dozing and chilling. <laughs> yeah. So he Wiggum was, was very mellow. sweet. But like a runner and gunner, yeah, he was no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that was like my my first experience with a breeder. It was a great experience. They're great, a great breeder. I would recommend them. They were just amazing. And you can see that they really love their dogs. And I'm looking forward to my next experience. So I think it's interesting, like both and like even just chatting now, like about both of our experiences, we kind of were the opposites, right? And that's, I think, like even what what goes on today for a lot of people, right? Like, so there's very much uh, the the people who are like, uh, it's, it's very uh, impulsive, I'm going to get a dog. And oh, I like the look of this one. Or, you know, mm -hmm. it, could, it could be something that's going on, like, you know, socially, like in the media and stuff like, you know, uh, I remember when 101 Dalmatians was released close to Christmas yes. time, they were putting out warnings, like, please, people do not buy like your children Dalmatians, because again, the breed is not um, conducive to a young family and that sort of thing. And they were, they knew they were just going to end up with a bunch of Dalmatian rescues and, and full humane societies of Dalmatians, 101 Dalmatians yes. of the humane society. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sad place for them to be, but we, we sort of did the opposite. So you went the breeder route, you were, you had researched and you had prepared, whereas I yes. was like, dog. And like brought one home <laughs> and, and thank, thank God my husband had had the experience because it was very, very basic for scraps. And um, again, it's, it's, it's kind of fun to compare and contrast because you trained Wiggum, you had the clean slate and he just had this like innate yeah. personality that we'll be talking about over and over again throughout our podcast, but scraps did too. Like, and we don't yes. even know. Well, we, we know like tidbits and that it was like that where it was came probably, from and yeah, yeah, exactly. Like locked in basements for 22 hours at a time, but they were yeah. both very sweet dogs, but very, very different. And, um, so, th and I think that's a great thing to talk about in our first episode, because 
of of the two like we were we were lucky and scraps was um a, a great dog what was that bear <laughs> they, they little just gave little hairball <laughs> um is that we were lucky but had my husband not been knowledgeable about dogs it could have been a very different experience uh for us and i think it is for a lot yeah. of people who who don't put in the work and the research and and the reputation you know what i mean like i said those heart-wrenching rescue videos are are three minutes but it, it's months yes. of of work and understanding uh the behaviors uh behind dogs and which i think is very uh i would say it's more important to research uh dog ownership before getting a rescue than it um well that's both equally as important yeah i mean there's a lot of questions even mm -hmm. deciding to get a dog there's a lot of questions that you need to ask yourself before making that decision and then you have to decide like what kind of breed do i want and uh it like it's not like it used to be getting a dog like you said like before you would just go in to the Humane Society and you can just pet any dog that you want, where now there's an application process. And it was the same for um, Wiggum. Like there was still an application to fill out and you needed to be approved by the breeder. And there's this, um, I was actually researching this uh, rescue center uh, near Toronto. And I was looking at their application and there's a lot of questions that you need to answer. And it's obvious with those questions that this rescue place doesn't want their dogs to go just to any family. Uh, they want to make sure that this is the last time right this fit. dog. Yeah, this is the last yeah. time that this dog is going to be moved. Yeah, um, that they're going to they be even went. And, yeah, yeah, they even went up to asking if your dog needed emergency surgery and it was five thousand uh, dollars. What would you do? That's in no the application. Way. Yes. I was I, so I was going to ask you cuz I, I know that like before do, doing this uh, uh our first episode that you were researching the all the different application processes and I was going to mm -hmm. ask you what was the most specific cuz I can re even remember it like when they were like oh we see there's when we went to get scraps they said oh we can see there's a third person living in your house he needs to come here and I was like what? Like mm -hmm. really? Come on people. Yeah. So I, I was curious to so they asked if your dog needed emergency surgery and it was five thousand dollars what would you, you do? do wow yeah so that's that's one thing uh that's a, a very big difference between uh uh breeder versus uh rescue is that i find most of the rescue sites that i've been through as as well and even the humane society i find the humane society their profiles are a bit shorter but like i went recently with with a friend like in the past two years when i say recently and um their profiles were okay, but I find the the rescue organizations they put a very in depth like profile of the dog, so they tell you yeah. specifically like they still have have a hard time peeing, but are but can poop outside. They they tell you like uh uh you know is very weird with men wearing red jackets, and you're just like. <laughs> okay <laughs> perfect like, that's what i want exactly <laughs> i'll take the red jacket weirdo man dog but um anyway so um, i i find the rescues very in-depth because again like like you said vero um they don't want these dogs bouncing around uh from home to home because uh, it, it it sort of resets the whole 
their comfort level, their anxiety, their behavior mm-hmm. issues, all, all that sort of stuff. And I think the more, you, obviously, just not just for dogs, for humans too, the more you stress them out, the behavior can become a little bit more erratic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this rescue place on the application, you could actually write down the names of the dogs that you're interested in, but they don't, they're the ones who match you with wow. the dog. Yeah. So See, they're in the... In the application, they ask you, like, what kind of difficult behaviors do you think, like, you could handle? Wow. Yeah. And then I guess depending that's... on your answer, they match you with a dog that has that behavior or... So that's a very interesting uh, approach to it because, like, even, uh, again, when we were getting our first, like, I was just like, I want a beagle because I just figured I like the look of them and stuff like that. And even when we went with our, our more recent dog, Gibbon, he's a, he's a Weimaraner. We, we decided on the Weimaraner breed. So very close friend of mine, and we hope to have her on the show sometime, Michelle, is a dog trainer. She's very, very much developing her expertise in the, in the dog training field. And she was in a huge resource for me, um, especially when getting my uh, dog number three. So I'm on dog number three right now. There was Scraps. Scraps passed away four years ago. Uh, then we got uh, Becky while we still had Scraps. So we've always had two dogs at the same time. And there's sort of like uh, we get one when the other one passes away. I like having the two and I think mm-hmm. keeps them company and <laughs> good company Becky. and stuff. But it, Becky. So currently Becky also have, known as a Becky Boo. A Becky Boos. <laughs> or I call her Borky when she's, you know, barking at something mm. outside, which we'll also <laughs> talk about on another episode. But um so uh Michelle was a huge resource to me, uh, when we got our most recent dog, Gibbon, I had way, I was way more prepared getting Gibbon and, and it helped even my relationship with, uh, with Becky as well. Uh, just understanding things, how to get the behavior that you want out of your dogs. Uh, and again, that will be a huge discussion, uh, for another time. But, um, when I was talking to Michelle about getting a dog, so after Scraps passed away, we had Becky, we were looking for the, uh, a second dog. Um, and I I personally wanted a German short-haired pointer. I like the look of the hound dogs. I love the big floppy soft ears. Mm. I love it. I love them. I love them. The ears. The ears. <laughs> yes. Like the Especially best. when they're puppies and one's like lopsided <laughs> and the other one's up. Oh, the cutest. They're the cutest. So, um... I was just dead set on a on a German short-haired pointer. My family did not like the the brown uh, spots, and they they kept like I had I have two younger kids, and they were like, oh, we don't want that one. We don't like the way it looks. So we I said, well, what about this one? And the Weimaraner is basically like the exact same dog as a German short-haired pointer, except a gray coat rather than a brown and white spotted one. And uh, they were like, yes, let's get that one. And so. I remember Michelle saying to me, so what do you know about Weimaraners? And I was like, that they're cute. <laughs> and she was they're like, so okay. Cute. So she, and, and her being a bit more knowledgeable, started talking about it. And she said, I see your family as having like a, a golden doodle or a doodle of some kind, because doodles are like that perfect, like young family dog. They're so even keeled tempered they're so easy that you know minimal grooming it's like it's like the easiest dog to get for a young family but 
again, like I, I wasn't huge, like on the doodle. And I remember her asking me cause she knew that we weren't the most super active family. And so she was acting about uh, asking about our activity levels and like the amount of, you know, time that you need to like, like dog maintenance, basically you wanted to put in and stuff like that. And I remember her telling me that the best breed to get for our family based on, on those things was a, a greyhound. And I was like, what the heck? A greyhound? <laughs> and I, I just, again, you make assumptions of certain breeds and stuff like that. And I thought they were like racing and that they would be easily excitable. And I can remember having a friend at a camp that we went to who rescued one and they were setting off fireworks for Canada Day. And every, this dog, I've never seen a dog react that way. With every firework that went off, it was like the gunshot to a beginning of a race because he was a rescue race dog, right? Oh, wow. he was just pulling on the leash like she could he not, was a running like, and gunning <laughs> oh he was a running and gunning greyhound for show it was insane like watching him go nuts because that was what he was trained that was his job that's what yeah. he was trained to do so wow. I, here I am thinking like a greyhound is just like that's what their like innate instinct is to do is to like yeah you know run like non-stop but it's not apparently they're one of the most like laziest like dogs out there and that they'll just they're like so big well th- th- there's big ones but they also have like miniatures that are not big right or like a whip so, it. yes yes mm-hmm. we had we had friends that had a whip it once right Catherine uh and, yes uh... richard and Catherine. did you ever meet their dog yes was he a weirdo <laughs> no she was uh was a she her name was karma yeah. mm-hmm. um she's very sweet was she calm like whenever you went over there yeah sleeping yeah, very on the calm. Couch. yeah there you go michelle nailed it michelle nailed it <laughs> yeah so yeah those are the things to think about when choosing a dog so you you don't think or it's 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 almost like the same as like wedding dresses you go into like a store thinking this is like the dress that I want and this is what I'm getting you go you think about owning a dog and you have a dog breed in mind and you're like Mm -hmm. oh yes I want that German Shepherd or I want that Doberman or I want that whatever and I think that you can be equally as happy with or surprised by the lifestyles of a completely different breed that you would have never necessarily thought of yeah you really need to do your research on Absolutely. on the breeds like narrow it down to three or four and then and then start looking at breeders yeah. and even even if you there's also sort of we we talked about you know rescuing versus going with a breeder and that clean slate and stuff like that but there's also a sort of hybrid and there's like organizations where you can rescue a very particular uh breed of dog yes like there's husky rescues and there's i'm sure there's weimaraner rescues out there i haven't looked but i know that there's um a, bar- a variety of different rescues for specific breeds as well especially like you know ones that have like a bit more quirks than than others do mm-hmm. you know yes. such as the dalmatians such as <laughs> the greyhounds yes and uh that sort of thing so i think that uh that's a pretty we're off to a good start here um yeah i think this might wrap episode 1 i think um just to tie it all together, I know you you talked about it before, 
but you're but Vero is currently in the process of uh getting a dog and I know she yes. talked about it a, a bit earlier and um she, so what which which way are you choosing Vero <laughs> Ooh, so I'm going the breeder way just because I really want to get a puppy and I want to do um just again like there's things with Wiggum that I feel like maybe I could have done better um and this I feel like will be my chance to do it so yeah I'm going the breeder way and do you want to know which breed yes um, <laughs> I already know <laughs> you already know <laughs> um a golden retriever Woo! so it's very close to the Labrador retriever um so I wanted the same temperament so but I still wanted something different so golden retriever and just have want you this... found a breeder? I have. Um, so I completed, I actually completed two applications. And I feel like maybe because of COVID, I don't know if their waiting list is very long. But there's one breeder that I've not heard back from and one that replied within just a few hours. So this breeder sent me uh, like what I can expect from them and just like their their process and procedures for getting a puppy and how long it would take and how long am I looking at uh, before getting a puppy so it's eight months to a year and everything that was in the information that she gave me was what I was looking for she like this breeder answered all my questions with their one email so their waiting list was closed and it reopened at the end of June so I completed an application not too long ago and it asked the questions that I like the, the usual questions. So like household questions, uh, if you want a male or female, what kind of size, color, temperament are you looking for? Is your yard fenced? And just like if you're ready to neuter or spay your dog. And this is one question that I think even rescues ask. If you were to not be able to care for the dog anymore, you would have to return it to the breeder. So I filled out the application and they asked for a deposit and that is all sent. And now I'm waiting. And I feel like that's like a good sign of a breeder too. When they ask if things don't work out that you, they bring them back. So they know where yeah. their dogs are and yeah. they know who their dogs are with and they know that their dogs are being treated well. I think. Oh, that's speaking nice of knowing where your dogs are, this uh, rescue place that I researched, uh, the one that was asking, uh, what would you do if your pet required $5,000 emergency surgery? When you pick up your dog from this rescue, you have to purchase a GPS. Whoa. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that means they want to track their dogs or make sure they're going to the place that they're supposed to. Yeah, I wonder if it's like some sort of like, I wonder if they get funding from the company, maybe. And oh, maybe. But it's also a good thing for you to have like as a dog owner. Is it like implanted? Yeah, I wow. don't know. So you you purchase it when you pick up your dog and it's provided by the rescue. So maybe mm -hmm. it is for like, maybe the because these dogs are rescues and you don't know um, what their behavior is going to be. So let's say you open the front door and it runs out, then at least you'd be able to look at where your dog is. Maybe that's why. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Interesting. Mm -hmm. we'll, have to, we'll have to look into that a little further. I'm curious mm -hmm. now. All right. So that's probably about it for 
episode one. So tune in next time where uh, we'll be talking about that moment that I sort of described that I had earlier. You brought your dog home. Now what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. So join us again for Let's Boop Snoots. Let's Boop Snoots next week. Um, where was I going with this? I completely lost my train of, uh, of thought. Gibbon. Gibbon. You always had two dogs. Yeah. Oh man, we're going to have to scrap oh. this bird. I totally lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot where I was going with this, but, um. You were talking about, oh my rescue God. Rescue versus, scraps? I know. And scraps then you and got then Becky. Rescue versus breeder. You've had three dogs. You always had two dogs in your household. You got a Weimariner. <laughs> I just totally derailed our episode. Were you talking wow. about how they chose uh, Gibbon for you? Oh, no, I was talking about Michelle. That's where I was going. Okay, oh, Michelle. You. All right, back on track.